and we're on yeah, and and we are recording. You're still never giving me a chance to even get the fucking microphone up. To my well, I, you, you don't have to. You know, you're good. Whoa! You press record and play. My beanie fell. I listened to last week's episode and you're like, oh, come on, get in here and get ready. I so totally wanted to be ready for this one. I wanted the mic to be at my face when you when you hit the button. But you had to poop. No, no, no. No? Yeah, you didn't poop? I'm, I'm here. Did you poop? Oh, before you came yeah. in, but I gave you plenty of time to... to uh... What's up? Is something not working? There we go. Oh, no. No, no, you're good. Okay. Keep going. Let's start over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Now. now we're going. <laughs> Welcome to Lyrics to Go, the podcast where we take a deep dive into lyrics that are questionable at best but have largely dodged public ridicule until now. I'm Mark, and I'm here with Seth. How are you, Seth? I gotta get my thing out. Get that thing out. Oh, I should get my thing out. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. man. Well, let's let's do the let's do the thing. How have you been? I'm good. I've, I'm very good. Had a great week. Uh, had a blowout on my bicycle. Got the tires fixed. How often does that happen? That was unusual. Mm. Um, Mark, it is not. Uh, it's a wonderful thing when it's uh, 999 degrees. You feel great when every other day is a thousand, and uh, <laughs> that's what it felt like today. It's just like one degree less than than our normally normal boiling we're, temperature. We're experiencing here late August. We're experiencing the the beginnings of uh, of fall with uh, those frigid ninety five degree temperatures. <laughs> I don't want to say we've turned a corner. <laughs> Feels like ninety eight, which maybe? is yeah. basically. I mean, if you get a you know, feels you, like Nick Lachey. If, if you get caught downwind of a fart, degrees. you feel lucky because you get a little bit of that breeze. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. You're even. Go you're ahead. even what? No, please. No, no. You're you're even lucky if it's an egg fart. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I'll take I'm, it. I'll take it. What a joy, this song. It's it, well. Let's just say the it. the one we're gonna do. Yes. Oh, yes, I absolutely agree. We are going to be talking about "Nights on Broadway" by the Bee Gees, and. Seth, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something, and we've done a bunch of songs now, mm-hmm. 100 and, <laughs> almost 140, a couple, 140, yeah. This may musically be my favorite song we've done. You're, I'm right there with you. This song fucking rules. It does. <laughs> this song is so good. Say what you're gonna say because I got shit to say about the BGS. Well, I mean, so we've got. So I'll let you say shit about the BGS because I specifically want to be talking about somebody else. Okay. So tell us, tell us what you've got about the BGS. I want to say about the BGS that I don't think there is a band. There are bands that I've changed my mind about that I've thought, oh, you know, I was wrong on certain things. There is not a band in existence that I have made such a dramatic 180 degree turn on from when I was a kid and I thought they were absolute garbage to when I was uh, uh, when when I got rearranged by uh, none other than the wonderful Brett Hendershot who mm. I think we should have on at some point. Absolutely. I'd love to. Who, who who I was sitting there making fun of uh Saturday Night Fever and uh, and he was like no 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 you got it all wrong. The Bee Gees are good. And I was, I was like, no, no, no. That was 30 years ago when he said that. Now, they're like seriously like right up there fucking one of the best goddamn bands ever. I love the Bee Gees. 
I had a very similar, I mean, my mom was not, I don't think my parents were Bee Gees nuts, but they were very pro early Bee Gees. I think they kind of, kind of sold their stock in them once. Um, they got very, very, very deep into um, disco um, only because I think my parents were like, they kind of, they, I think they, my parents probably wouldn't use the term sell out, but I think they kind of took it like that. Um, but I remember the, the first time I, I remember being like, oh, the Bee Gees outside of that stuff, there was um, a old ad for the state. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, if you are unfamiliar with the state, it was comedy a group. old uh, comedy troupe that did sketch comedy on MTV. I think they had two seasons, three seasons on MTV. And um, th- the members of which went on to form many different shows. Viva Variety, Stella, Reno 911, mm. The Gentleman That's New Boot Goofin. Um, <laughs> and all these different people um, were... I mean, I, I, it gets tossed around a lot. Talking about Thomas Lennon? Yes. Yes. It gets tossed around a lot, but they were truly ahead of their time. Um, much like the, the kids in the hall were before them, I think. Yeah. Um, just doing stuff that was just like, you know, you, you're not digging it, but your kids are going to love it. <laughs> like uh, doing Angry great, did. great stuff. They had an ad where they they were sitting in Central Park like faux like fake crying all over each other while um ads showed uh like like over them like opaque over them um that were just trashing them and the music in the background was i started a joke which is an absolutely amazing song and i was like who the fuck is this and my mom was like that's that's the beach called idea yeah it's so fucking good Good. And I, it really woke me up to like, oh, this is what they used to be like. I was turned on. The, the revelation happened with the early stuff. Brett pointed out he was like, no, New York Mining Disaster 1941. I started a joke. Um, uh, I've just got to get a message to mm-hmm. you, which is just fucking intensely awesome. Yes. Which is just one of the greatest songs ever, and I thought, oh, well, that stuff's great, but the uh, the disco stuff we can just forget about that, and it's not that good. Then you get a little bit older, and you find out, wait a minute, that shit's fucking awesome too. <laughs> it is. It, it is really, really is. good. It really is. The sa- and and I just I want to add just as my little uh, uh, pre uh, preface to everything preamble preamble to everything is that I come from an age I think I don't know if you were there you were because your parents had a big stack of records oh yeah but as a child I would always run over to the records and see what people had what what they what was in their collection sure and there were two records that just seemed to be in every single record collection one the joke was made in um god what's that movie uh 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 the Mike Myers and Dana Carvey, who who are they called? Uh, you know, oh, Wayne's World. Wayne's World. You know, the Frampton comes alive. Oh yeah, that was very true. That mm-hmm. was in everybody's. And the second one was the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. So, 1958, the Bee Gees got together. I mean, they were three brothers for the most part: Barry, Robin, and Maurice Gibb. 
Uh, that is where they get the name BGs, the Brothers Gib. Um, unlike uh, Arby's, this is not some kind of uh, <laughs> misnomer. Uh, this is uh, ac- this, that's actually where they got the name. Um, so they got together, put out a couple albums. I'm not going to go too much into the history. I don't think of the BGs. They did have another brother, Andy. He came along a little mm-hmm. bit later on. Really good too. Yes, yes. Uh, then uh, we fast forward to 1975 on RSO Records. They release an album called Mean Course. The first song on this album that is released is a song called Jive Talkin', which is the album, which is the song that really started getting them back in. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's great. Dude, that. I mean, that's a fucking jam. This is the record where you really see them, you know, start to go. And a lot of people go disco. No, Motown. Yeah, funk. They're going yeah, I mean, fun. They're yeah, going it's, Motown. It's, it's, uh, it's a bunch of stuff. Yeah, go ahead. Go um, ahead. But the, 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 the big guy I want to talk about here okay. is Arif Mardin. Oh, yeah. Who is the producer of this album. And if you've listened to music in the 20th century <laughs> or even the 21st century, probably, you've heard something that this guy has touched and has changed. He has produced hits by... Carly Simon, The Rascals, Barbara Streisand, Bette Midler, The Bee Gees, of course, Diana Ross, Queen, Patti LaBelle, Aretha Franklin. Uh, He produced Baby, I Love You, I'm pretty sure. Anita Baker, Phil Collins, Take a Look at Me Now. He was all over that. Culture Club, Roberta Flack, Average White Band, Hall & Oates, Donny Hathaway, Nora Jones. He produced Nora Jones. Mm. Chaka Khan, George Benson. Modern Jazz Quartet, Willie Nelson, John Prine, John Prine, Leo Sayer, Dusty Springfield, David Bowie, Jewel, Ringo Starr, oh. and more. This guy has been everywhere and done it fucking all. And Anita Baker. I said Anita Baker, oh, I you believe. Did? I'm sorry, I'm I said, it's okay. It. Quiet Storm, the songstress, baby. The uh, There was a documentary done by his son, Joe, called The Greatest Ears in Town. The Arif Mardin story. He also released an album called All My Friends Are Here, which featured 13 songs. It's basically his life's work of songs that he wrote because he got to be known such as a producer. And some of the singers on there are some of the names I already mentioned. Oh, Bette what? Midler, Chaka Khan, David Sanborn, Nora Jones, Carly Simon, Phil Collins, and more singing these songs that he had written over time. Whew, this guy won... A number of Grammy Awards. I think it was 11 out of 18 that he was nominated for. Um, and we need to have pictures of him and Trevor Horn and, <laughs> you know, just get like a Hall of Fame. Room. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah. 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 Um, unfortunately, he died of pancreatic cancer in 2006. Fuck, the same thing that took out, uh, what's his name? Dalton yeah. from Roadhouse, Patrick Swayze. Now, obviously, all this stuff that I just told you, for anybody to have that much. There aren't a whole lot of producers. There's not a whole lot of people that have done that much. I mean, you're you're dealing a rarefied air. But why else is he important for this episode, Seth? Do you know? I'm guessing. I, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, I mean, it, you know, guys like him, Ahmet Erdogan, Turkish guys that made a huge influence on the record industry in the United States. Yes, I mean, absolutely. Is that, it, was, would that be it? It wouldn't be. I mean, though, that is also very, very, very important. Two really important guys. Uh, yes. Oh, absolutely. Um, he, on this very song, uh-huh. is the one who basically unlocked, unfurled 
what would become the one of the most prevalent BG's facets. The sonic signature of them from this point on. Arif Mardin asked them, one of the BGs, if they could do some screaming during the main chorus to make the song more exciting. In response, Barry Gibb began singing higher and higher, eventually singing it in a falsetto that was unexpectedly powerful. He had never known he had such an ability, and Barry's falsetto became a trademark of the Bee Gees. Barry Gibb recalled in 2001, Arif said to me, can you scream? I said, under certain circumstances. He said, can you scream in tune? I said, well, I'll try. And the falsetto that you hear on Nights on Broadway are the first falsetto, powerful falsetto notes sung by Barry Gibb. Now, I have read in other articles and other things that, and, and it is, and this is true, that Maurice provided some falsetto harmonies in yes. backgrounds. But this is the first where it's signature. Yes. It's prominent in the mix. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because they, I mean, guys. And th- guys, this is, this is where it starts. This song is a masterpiece. The bridge to the song is one of the best bridges I've ever heard in I my agree. life. I agree. I agree. Um, it is fucking funky. It's got a strong fucking intro. It's got that that doodle doo 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 doo. It's I mean, it's just so good. The instruments, the instrumentation is perfect. The bridge is it brings it down and it and it brings it back up. It takes the song to a whole other world. It is so good. And then the lyrics come in. <laughs> <laughs> let's not i don't i i just so badly I know, don't I know, want to talk badly don't. about these i kind of like them the lyrics i think they're great now this this doo that you're talking about this drop in as i started to you know i started when you said let's do this i started looking it up and listening to it last week because i'm you give me any excuse to listen to the bgs i'm gonna take it and I, when i heard that doo at the beginning i'm like hey that sounds like something i've heard before that sounds like the the Inner Visions era, Stevie Wonder. It's got some Stevie Wonder because it's got kind of a clavinet, and yeah. it also reminds me of Average White Band a yes, little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's funky. Yes, this song is fucking funky. And it and people talk about when they first heard. Um, I think it's another one bites the dust. Uh, it was played on black. You know, back then they had black radio, and people thought that Queen was a black band. Yes. This, I could see people being like, mm-hmm. these motherfuckers are black. Right. I mean, it is fucking in the pocket, funky. It is very good. White people it should not want to dance and have this much funk. These guys and Bobby Caldwell. Bobby yeah. Caldwell. Um, yes. Uh, yes. God damn. This Which song I, is those just Those of you so out good. there that have heard the joke about Bobby Caldwell, about he's the one guy that you heard the song uh, what you won't do for love uh, is, you know, it. If you heard it, you totally thought that it was a black guy doing it, right? And yeah. I mean, yeah. And we're getting into problematic territory here. Nah, I'm not sure, really. but Listen. I mean, like back, I I always pictured Dusty Springfield. Oh yeah, being African American or black. Um, and then I remember seeing a picture of it and I was like, no, 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 no. Like, uh, you know, like like a son of a preacher man. I was like, yeah, this is her. And I was like, no fucking way. As a little kid, I totally thought that was like a Motown artist. Yeah, this, yeah. that also happened a lot with. Um, 
Um, Which there are white Astley. Yes, white Motown artists. Rare Earth is a white Motown artist, even though, you know, I don't think anybody confuses them. But anyway. um, Yeah. Uh, The last thing I'll really mention about the song before we start getting into the unfortunate parts of it (laughs) is that the original title, the working title was Lights on Broadway, Mm -hmm. to which Arif Martin told them they need to adult it up a bit. (laughs) So instead of Lights on Broadway, they turned it to uh, Nights on Broadway. I'd like to mention two other things. One. This song was featured prominently in a skit that that was repeated over and over for a while on Saturday Night fe- Saturday Night Live featuring featuring uh, Justin Timberlake. If I can get this out, Justin Timberlake and Jimmy Fallon, uh, Fallon, where they 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 changed the words of singing about crazy gold medallions. Remember that? And uh, there was a, there was a catchphrase in it where they go no, 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 I don't, I don't, you know, and it was. I don't know. It was kind of funny. Yeah, I just enjoyed funny. hearing the damn song when they, you know, kind of lampoon it. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Also, uh, I cannot be happier, especially when it comes to a song that I love to hear or to read on the Wikipedia page. When it comes to recording, uh, the first thing that's written is according to Arif Mardin, when the Bee Gees arrived in Florida. Yes, this was recorded over at fucking Criteria Studios in Miami, where fucking uh, Layla. Where Derek and the Dominoes was fucking recorded, oh, baby. Oh, hell yeah. And, and 461 Ocean. Oh, my God. Yep. And it's still there. Did you know that, Mark? I did not. Criteria is still there, yeah. I did not. Yeah, I know there was a little bit of back and forth on uh, whose idea it was to record in Miami, but you can't help but... a suggestion by Eric Clapton to them. I'm, I'm not 100% right. sure. I think yeah, I that yeah, yeah. Um, Maurice uh, cites their manager, Robert Stigwood, as the first to suggest Miami as the best place to record the new songs. He showed us the picture on the cover um, of 461 Ocean Boulevard and said, you can rent this place and live there and record and get a suntan. Hmm. We decided that it was our big chance to get serious about our music again. So we went out there and did main course. And uh, man, you can close your eyes and picture like A1A at night with mm. this song playing. And as soon as I heard it, I don't know that this song has been used much in TV shows and movies, but this is such a good fucking movie soundtrack Here's song. You don't have to picture it in 1975 when this was recorded. You can picture it now and it fucking works. Oh yeah. You can picture it now and being on A1A and, and listening to this song and it works perfectly. Yeah, but back then, man, oh, oh it boy. Been, it would have been so damn Oh cool. boy. Just There's like, a really great story, by the way, of... Uh, uh, just to let you know, uh, uh, um, Eric Clapton, him and a buddy were recording. Him and the guys from uh, Derek and the Dominoes, who were all from a previous band. It's slipping my mind right now. But they would go to a hotel there not far off of A1A called the Thunderbird. And that was where they got their heroin every morning from uh, little kids selling it out in front of the building. Oh, and geez. I looked this up personally. The goddamn building's still there, but it's going to be torn down soon. Yeah. Yeah. We got to make a... Well, I'll be going to Miami this weekend. Maybe he'll oh, yeah. uh, do the pilgrimage to the Thunderbird. Uh, so we get that funky beginning. Here we are in a room full of strangers. Standing in the dark where your eyes couldn't see me. Well, I had to follow you, though you did not want me to, but that won't stop my loving you, 
I can't stay away. Now, Mark, what's what's really great about this is yeah. is I, I, I got to step away from the lyrics. It's not a bass playing it. I'm sure. Maybe it's like a moog or something or a, or, or something like that. But it sounds like a mellotron. But that bass line in the background is just so damn good and all over. Oh, yeah. All right. So, I wouldn't be surprised if there were like I I I, I would be surprised <laughs> if there were not like five instruments. All right, doubling that. So we've gone over the music, which of course you and I are suckers for, but we got to go over these lyrics now. It it opens. Let's just admit it rather ominously. I mean, the picture that they're painting is me and you in a room full of strangers. Sounds dark. I mean, and and it's, and it's not just stand. Of course, he said, I said I'm saying it sounds dark. Standing in the dark. Well, and and the, I mean, the music has an ominous tone. It does. Yeah. It starts on that. It's like a kind of like a minor key thing. You and I both know that. You and I both know that these sometimes dangerous scenarios are attractive. I mean, come on. <laughs> God, I just want to give them the benefit of the doubt in this one, but it is scary. It is. It is. Yeah. I mean, and the lyrics are ominous. Here we are in a room full of strangers. Standing in the dark where your eyes couldn't see me. See, that's what just pushes it right over. This has got edge. a little wasp a... going into it. <laughs> this has got a little. This has got a little of that predator prey. Like I'm over here. You know, we're around a bunch of people. Neither of us really know. And I, I can see you, <laughs> but you can't see me. Scanning the room for, for whoever's saying that, and skulls and raw meat and a saw blade. Yeah, yeah and then it's scary. And then we get into, uh, I mean, just creep territory right off. Yeah, well, I, I mean, follow you. yeah, I ha- see. So here's here is the problem. I mean, well, there's a couple problems here. The the use of the word had <laughs> is like. I had I had no choice. It, something was dragging me along. I'm compelled. Yeah, <laughs> yes. the power of funk compels you. <laughs> the power of drive compels you. You can just seem like lurching across the room, like humping the air in time with the bass line across, being mm. compelled to follow. And then if that, if that <laughs> like one of those cartoon hands that comes out of a pie. And gets under your nose and makes someone float, <laughs> float to the across pie. The room, yeah. Exactly. And then if it wasn't bad enough that he he basically says, uh, you know, I had to follow you, he follows it up with, though you did not want me to. So it's like she's uh, like, no, don't. And he's like, well, I've gotta. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what am I supposed to do? It's here? The funk in my pants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funk. All right. Um, but that won't stop me. My loving you. No, he's got to take it a step further. I can't stay away. He can't. And then, uh, yeah. And then we get the chorus. It, maybe it's the odor. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, Mark, I'm just, I, I know you, people out there in podcast land can't see me, but I just don't want to say anything I bad know. about I this trust awesome me. song. But you're right. It is. It's fucking scary. The first two stanzas are just, are, are fucking. It the, makes me want to use one of my course. favorite words that I've been using lately. It's dastardly. It is. Yeah. Then we get the chorus. Blaming it all on the nights on Broadway, singing them love songs, singing them straight to the heart songs, blaming it all on the nights on Broadway, singing them sweet sounds to that crazy, crazy town. (sighs) 
Well, uh, I uh, will s- go ahead. I mean, the fact that he that he you know takes the the responsibility off of himself and blames it on a street, blames it on a city, which of course I think in this case we're talking about Broadway. He's probably talking about New York City. Is that who he's talking about? Well, I think what he's talking about, and and this is this is the interesting part of the song. All right, is and, and it's talked. It's been talked about a bit, mm-hmm. but this is a good time. One hundred and fifty episodes in, to kind of talk about this. Okay, a lot of people talk about art imitating life and life imitating art, mm-hmm. and the chorus here to me is saying that. After years of singing Broadway tunes about love and going after the one you love, etc., it's a little damage to our guy. And after singing all those straight to the heart songs and them love songs and them sweet sounds, he it seems like maybe what he's saying is that it's got him a little rewired thinking that he kind of has the right to do whatever he wants. There was an Onion article a oh, long no. time ago that was uh, called something like Area Man Arrested for Rom-Com Behavior. <laughs> just basically like if the average guy did what they do in rom-coms, like show up to someone's house and yeah. blear music out of a fucking box. Um, There'd be an investigation. There, yeah. Police would be called. Yeah. If like if someone was like honest to goodness, not into you, right? Paperwork would be filed and all sorts of shit. Like, absolutely, yeah. you know, you'd be like, you know, a guy would be like, "But I want to be with you," and the woman would say, "No, seriously, stop it." <laughs> and the guy would say, "Well, what I've been told in TV shows I've watched and movies I've watched and songs I've heard is, you know, if I just be persistent, yeah, you'll eventually yeah. know." how much I love you. And we talked a little, little bit about this with the ABBA episode. Maybe, did we not? Yes, we did. Maybe Which, one of the most know, sinister things about, about, about Hollywood and, and art. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, unfortunately, sometimes it comes true. Mostly not. Okay. I'm not saying that this is, I'm advocating people, um, you know, being stalkers, uh, you know, rolling the dice because sometimes it works <laughs> because if someone says, no, you should stop. That should be it. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I think what he's saying here is like, I'm blaming it all on those nights on Broadway, watching, you know, listening to those songs mm-hmm. and just hearing, you know, those crazy, crazy nights. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he's, you know, I, and the fact that he's saying he's blaming it on it kind of makes me think that he, you know, he, he knows better Yeah. <laughs> because he's, oh, he's showing yes, awareness I, I see of what it. You're saying, yeah. But, uh. But that's that's he's, he's that's the case he's pleading. He's saying he's trying to uh, uh, lawyer his way out of uh, being caught up in the <laughs> yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm, I don't, yeah, that's not good. No, Fuck. it's mm. not. Do you have anything else to say about the course before we move on here? Uh, it's yeah, it's, it's still fucking great. <laughs> it's still it's absolutely so, awesome. It's so catchy. Um, and I God. do, I do question. You know, uh, I I do question just going back to the Broadway thing, swinging singing them sweet sounds to that crazy crazy town. Um, I don't know how that necessarily relates. Is I mean, he is he singing this song in ode to what goes on there, or I I, I see uh, you know now that you've uh, kind of laid it all out there, you know, laying the blame elsewhere yeah. on something else. I get that, but what is that singing them sweet sounds to that crazy crazy town? Mean? I think they're just saying that the the people on Broadway are singing to New Yorkers. Okay, 
singing it to the crazy okay. crazy yeah, town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just taking a little bit of a break from the from the from the scariness of it. Yeah, from yeah. the absolute fucking fright. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um then we get the second verse. <laughs> now in my place there are so many others. Standing in the line, how long will they stand between us? Well, I had to follow you, though you did not want me to. Oops. That won't stop my love in you. I can't stay away. Blaming it all. Blaming it all. Yeah. On the nights on Broadway. It kind of comes in a little early, doesn't it? Singing them love songs. Singing them straight to my heart songs. Blaming it all. On the nights on Broadway. Singing them sweet sounds. To that crazy, crazy town. And then we go back into the fucking funky ass intro. Yeah. This song is so well written. It is God very, very well done. Um, um so this uh, just to add, yeah. This is the real exposition to the falsetto. This yes. is where it comes in. This is At where the, yeah. yes. This, this is, is where it kicks in. This is where history starts. And so to speak. you know, it's so funny to me just to say like a reef Mardine saying, Can someone scream can someone yell? And and that and that's what comes out yeah. when someone's trying to yell. Blame it at all. It's like that's, that's I, I know that's it's funny to you, but I, I see an evolution, you know, like they tried other things. You know oh, how much time sure. these yeah. guys spend in the studio. But but this is the end product. I do right. get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just funny because that sounds so far from screaming to me. Uh, as someone who's been in like heavy bands and hardcore bands right. and stuff. You know, when I think of like screaming in key, I think of like let's go exploring and bands oh, yeah. I've been in. This is just like singing very high. Yeah. Um. So this second verse, I, I, just a second. Doesn't yeah. it just kind of surprise you that he never like invoked like a Brian Wilson type of "I heard it there" kind of thing? You know, because yeah. let's face it, the falsetto kind of in popular culture starts maybe right there. I'm not sure. I, I could be wrong. Yeah. But I mean, it just kind of surprises me. Back to the words. Now in his place. Now is he putting himself? Is he grounding himself with that line? I don't. I don't fully know what this means. What this line means. I don't either. I don't know if he's saying in my house, like back in my house. Um, there think, are so many others standing in the line. I. I the second verse kind of confuses me a little bit. What I get from it is now that you know he's he's come down a little bit. That the the, uh, the allure of the first the introduction of. Mm-hmm. Whoever is, you know, he's he's singing to. I'm, I'm sure. going to assume that it's a lady. Um, there are, you know, he's he's all of a sudden the the initial allure is gone, and he's kind of caught his breath, and he's come back down for a second. And now that he has, there are so many others that are standing in line trying to get her attention. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. this is, I mean, clearly we're talking about a very attractive person. Well, of course, um, she's dating a gib. <laughs> I mean, or if she's the object of the affection of a gib, you have to assume that she's probably yeah, because there are a couple of gibs singing here. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically I, I, I feel like we're dealing with some unrequited love. I, I get that there are so many others standing in line. How long will they stand between us? Um, 
and you know, when we get into the bridge here, we'll we'll learn just how long he plans on waiting. Right. Uh, but he spoiler alert the stadium not the, long yeah the, the now in my place I guess my place in line uh, maybe he was trying to cut and he got yelled at I don't know uh, I don't know it's a, it's a weird one I'll tell you a story real quick yeah. uh, I went to go see Counting Crows uh, a week or two ago the and infamous Counting Crows show <laughs> yes the infamous the now yes. infamous Counting Crows show um, and I ran into Mike Cosden's wife Abby his wife and uh some of her friends and i was there with a friend of mine and before the break between bands there was a 30 minute break between dashboard confessional Mm -hmm. the openers and counting crows they ran out of booze they ran out of beer they ran out of anything alcoholic did they run out or did they turn the taps Um, off they ran out that's weird it was very very weird strange for here and we were all kind of like, what the hell? Is this like reality right now? Is this really happening? Mm-hmm. And while we were like kind of meandering around, uh, my friend and Abby had gone to the bathroom and came back out and they had gone and gotten some mixers and some liquor brought over from wherever. Now, this is on FGCU campus, FG, or I'm sorry, RSW or R- FSW. FSW. Thank you. I always fuck that up. Florida RSW State, yeah. is our airport. Um, FSW uh, can uh, on the the on the grounds there, and I guess they you know they figured they were losing out on tons and t- I mean just thousands of dollars. Yeah, at, at least. And uh, so they they brought some stuff over, and one of Abby's friends was in line. And so instead of us getting in line, we were like, can we just give you our order and you can just grab it for everyone? Well, some people saw us doing this and started, like, berating us and being like, get in line. We were like, we're just giving our order to someone that's already in line. What does it matter if we told them while we were sitting down there, if we're telling them now. Could have texted it. Yeah. Because yeah. people go up there. I mean, we saw people walking out with like five or six beers. Right. Um, but we got, I mean, we were getting harangued. Like they were yelling like right at us, like to our faces. Like, don't cut the line. Get in line. We we have to wait. And I was like, well, it'd be helpful if you had some friends in line. I guess <laughs> maybe you'd need more friends. Uh, anyway, Southwest was... Florida rears its ugly head again. Yeah, yeah, that just made me think of the standing in line. Oh, <laughs> uh, so yeah. Uh, how long will they stand between us? Probably for a long time. Uh, point of con- point of contention. Uh, I don't think the Gibb brothers waited for much for very long ever. Well, ever. yeah, maybe for some methadone later in their career, but I'm not sure. Um, uh, there are so many others standing along. How long will they stand between us? Uh, I, I imagine uh, that this is a perceived connection between the human wall that he's dreamed up in in light of earlier words Mm. um you know we're in a room full of strangers she's obviously strange where your eyes couldn't see me Uh, you know she couldn't see him uh how long would it he's probably just singing to himself yeah yeah he's probably just i'm I'm looking at this again Um, um and then he had to follow her again yeah yeah i mean we don't have to go through the course again i don't suppose i will say this the lyrics on uh, for this episode in particular, you're going to notice that my lyrics line up very, very well. Sometimes it's just by pure chance. Seth can vouch for me that I just, I, you know, I guess being a musician, I know the the 
speed sometimes of these songs. This one I'm listening to as we go through. Uh, so you're going to notice my my words will match up very, very closely with the songs we're doing uh, or with the, the song being overlaid on top of it. The lyrics on Spotify are brought in by Genius. However, the lyrics for the chorus mm-hmm. are different on the Genius website and different on the Spotify lyrics. Okay. The Spotify lyrics say singing them straight to my heart songs and the genius website says singing them straight to the heart songs what does it sound like to you i didn't really pay attention i close didn't either but i've got i've you. got a an ear in your piece in this time so i can i can okay pay attention to yeah it. I'll, I'll i'll let yeah. you kind of do that so um then we get the bridge that i was talking about and it, it well first it goes back to that intro um, it's, it, I just listened. It's straight to my heart songs. Okay. That's straight to my heart songs. Yeah. You heard it here first. So we get the little intro part again, all funky. And then we get the bridge. I will wait. Jesus. It's so fucking good. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Even if it takes forever, I will wait. Even... If it takes a lifetime, somehow I feel inside. You never ever left my side. We got the faster hi-hats here. Make it like it was before. And then the build up. Even if it takes a lifetime, takes a lifetime. dude yeah it's I mean, so good to be born three people together technically four with that that level of talent it just seems like they came out that way you know and this is where their harmonies really shine through beautifully um and i also love on the, on the genius how it, it indicates that this is in fact a barry gibb falsetto I mean, oh, how yeah. often do you get that in the lyrics? Oh, I mean, yeah. Are... Uh, but, you know, lyrically, let's go ahead and just chalk it up. I mean, this guy's yeah. losing his fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> He's over here saying, I feel like you've never left my side. Well, I uh, mean, hold on. I will wait even if it takes forever. It's a little bit of hyperbole. From oh, Mr. for Gibb sure. Yeah. Even if it like takes a said, lifetime, even if it takes forever, they're getting their drinks right away. I mean, that's yeah. just who they are. Right, right, right. I mean, yeah. you know, this guy, he's definitely doting on this woman, but it's like doting plus. Yeah. I mean, this guy wants this fucking woman bad and he, he's willing to wait forever. And that's all fine and good. We're dealing with hyperbole. He's just saying, well, you the know, the level of privilege you know, that they experience at five minutes is a lifetime. But the somehow I feel inside. That you never ever left my side. Make it like it was before. Um, you well, know, there's nothing earlier in the song to indicate that this was an an exposition to the lady. I might have mentioned that. I mean, for all we know from the lyrics, he might have known her for years. But at the at the beginning of the song, yeah. maybe they were separated for a little while, and he just saw her again. We don't know. There's yeah. really nothing there. But, um, you know, yeah, we don't have a whole lot of exposition. That's true. Yeah. Um, but I mean, still, it, it's, you know, you didn't want me to follow you. And I did anyway. <laughs> and I feel like you never left my side. I can just see him like stretching a, a past victim's skin 
<laughs> over, over some kind of like weird device to stretch it to make it into a new wallet and just being like hey. a buffalo bob type situation yeah have are you familiar with the song um object by ween Maybe. you're just an object to me no. it was on la cucaracha no that's and it's why I don't it's know. sung from the it's an amazing song i'll listen it is and it the song kind of reminds me of it in a weird way okay. I, though this song isn't necessarily about serial Can killing you say but that line reminds you of it yeah. <laughs> well i mean it's just yeah, it's uh it's it's got you know it's got like slowly sharpening your knife vibes <laughs> just say that line i feel inside somehow i feel inside you never ever left my side Ugh. make it like it was before it puts the lotion on its skin <laughs> <laughs> shlink <laughs> shlink make it like it was before and then just repeating over and over again, even if it takes a lifetime, takes a lifetime. <laughs> um, and then we get the chorus again. And we get the chorus just on repeat. And you know what? I'm not fucking mad about it. Play that fucking chorus <laughs> until I fucking die. Play it at my goddamn funeral. That chorus is so good. This so Guys, this song is so good. We've done the Beatles. I, do I like Beatles songs more than this? Yeah. Do I like this more than Run For Your Life? Yeah, oh, yeah. I do. Oh, yeah. I do, and I, I can't and think you know of what, another man, song we I made, like more. We made fun of it for years. That, yeah, yes, yeah. You know, yeah. they're all over this song. I want to hear them. But here, here's the thing, though. Here's why, Seth. Because Arif Mardin was like, I want that in there to, to for the buildup. And then I think they kind of just went and ran with it. Uh -huh. Like, they were like, oh, we can just, like, pump up everything. Mm -hmm. But it's like a drummer when they first get a double bass pedal. And it's like, <laughs> hey, look, there's a time and a place. Right. Chill out most of the time. They were caught up in the moment. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. as soon as they found out he could do that, they were like, and then Barry can do the <laughs> thing and do it Put again. It everything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just every time, like, there's, like, a little bit of a buildup. It's like, all right. It's like but from this, then on in the studio, they had one dedicated falsetto but mic. This was ready. the impetus. This was, this was, yeah, yeah. you know, That's this was the reason that it needed to happen. And I didn't realize that. And finding that out was so fucking cool to be like, without this song, what would have happened to the Bee Gees? We don't get night fever. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff we, don't we might get, not you get. Know, um, and I don't want to say. Or it wouldn't be the same, at least. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, we don't get staying alive. Yeah. yeah. This is where it starts. Yep. And I would say, um, uh, we don't get uh, probably my favorite song by them. How deep is your love? Mm. Which is a very common, uh, um, you know, uh, favorite by a lot of people, but Jesus Christ, that song's so damn good. Yeah. There is an HBO, uh, documentary that has to do with the Bee Gees in general. It's flipping fantastic. There were so many documentaries that I was looking to. It was two years ago when I watched it. And there were so many documentaries that year. The Shane McGowan documentary. The Frank Zappa documentary. Two you know, artists that I absolutely loved that I was so excited. And I, lo I loved the Bee Gees then. I just expected so much more out of those. And they were good. They were good. But this fucking documentary on HBO about the Bee Gees is fucking incredible. Yeah. You need to I watch believe it. it. If it's there's so any good. band that deserves it, they are easily one of the first they go over in the documentary and you can hear you can hear oh my god mark it we're gonna watch it when when this though you can hear barry sit down and start to just play how deep is your love and mm. it just 
comes out. Yeah. It, the guy recorded it. The, the guy that was recording them, the producer for the record, uh, uh, Saturday Night Fever, was there and he just said, and, and in, the, in the documentary, he sits down and he goes, I just grabbed the recorder, just a regular recorder, nothing special. I put it next to the piano and I hit record and he still got the tape and you hear it. And he goes, I've <sighs> never heard pure magic just pulled out of the sky before. God. It's fantastic. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Creep Factor. Man, what a what a roller coaster! We we get happy, then we get sad. We get happy, then we get sad, because we know we've got some dirt to do here. I don't want to do it. (laughs) I just don't. This is like the most painful creep factor. Mark it down. Episode one forty, most painful creep factor ever. I mean, there's ones that you're like creeped out by, and these are creepy. Oh, they're very creepy. You don't want to do it. I know. You just don't because you want to say, "Oh, they're good guys." I'm just give it a. A five. It's a five. A five? It's a five. It should be higher, but wow. I don't want to give it any higher. It's a five. I'm going to give it a seven, nine. And it deserves it, but I don't yeah, want to give it I know. any higher. Hey, look, I mean, you know, we've said it before. Sometimes there's good songs with lyrics that are that are creepy as hell, and these are some creepy lyrics. I, staring at you in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> I'm following you. You don't want me to. I, I give it a seven. And then to say I'm blaming it on. On, you know these fucking songs on Broadway. Huh? A reluctant seven. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Uh, next up, we're gonna do a song that was uh, actually uh, my friend that I went to see Counting Crows with, Tori, okay. had mentioned uh, what this song is about, and I think the lyrics are also very funny. We're gonna do "Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap" by ACDC. <laughs> Akadaka. Are we? This this is originally a um an early. What what album is this on? Um. Is it is it pre is it pre Brian Johnson? Is it? Uh, it's Bon Scott, bon I believe. Scott. Yes, Dirty Deeds is Bon Scott. Was originally Bon Scott. Um, so we are going to listen to and cover Dirty Deeds, Dundert Cheap by Alternate Current Direct Current. Akadaka. Akadaka. Uh, Seth, anything you want to say before we finish up here? Thanks for being here talking with me about the BGs today. I had oh, so much fun. And and we were tight on time. I appreciate you uh-huh, getting we got here. It done. We got it done. It's yeah. six thirty three yeah. on a Monday night. That's wild. And uh, and we really, really we and, and we and got th- everything we needed I was to talk say, about. I think we got it all out correctly. I feel like we did. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't do the BGs dirty like that. If I had to be late, I would. Dirty deeds to BG. And thank you, dear listeners, for listening to us prattle on about the, the BGs. You should go and and do some do your due diligence on some old stuff. Listen to this song again. Idea. Yes. I listen to that record. Yeah. That's yeah. so good. And listen to this song again, just because it fucking jams. Um, and uh, we will be back next Monday to talk about Dirty Deeds, Dunder Cheap, on yet another episode of Lyrics to Go. Thanks a lot for listening. Our theme song was done by Exploding Pages. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for songs or lyrics, you can send them to lyrics2gopod at gmail.com. We'll be back here next week. <laughs>